0: Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca.
1: We hope this message blesses and inspires you. I think it's that time of the year where you're hopeful that it might be turning towards spring. But at the same time, you're prepared for another wallop of winter kind of thing. Just perspective on where we're hap- where, where the, the line could be. It's interesting. Uh, perspective is an interesting thing. Uh, this, maybe a couple of weeks ago, one of my sons-in-law uh, got glasses. And we've been talking about it for a long time, uh, particularly his wife who rides in the vehicle with him perspective is incredible because he got the glasses and he was watching TV. He's like, it's like 3D. Like how, You can always see that. It reminded me of when I was 12 years old and I got glasses for the first time and I saw the fly kind of crawling across the cabinet way far across the room. I was like, people see like this all the time. I couldn't believe it. But your perspective, because what you see Determines how far you can go, determines how well you, well, for me, it hasn't helped me to not trip as much. I still do that. If you were watching last Sunday or were here last Sunday, you saw that. But perspective is incredibly important, and the Bible talks about it uh, in in so many ways and spaces. One of the ways is in Colossians 3 where it talks about set your heart on things above. It also says set your mind on things above. Because your perspective, if it's determined simply by what's around you, it can, it can kind of mess us up at some times. I think of, if you want to turn in your Bibles to the book of Job, book about perspective. It's not one we often preach out of. It's not a common devotional for people to encourage themselves in the morning. But Job is a man that most scholars believe lived around nine, between 19 and 2100 years ago. So long, or sorry, 19 and 2100 BC, so like 4,000 years ago. He was a good man, the Bible talks about him. He was also a wealthy man. He had thousands of sheep and thousands upon thousands of camels and houses. And he had a lot of of children, 10 of them, 7 boys and 3 girls. And the scriptures talk to about him in uh, chapter 1 it says that he was the greatest of all the people of the east. So he had everything going for him. Everything that you could possibly think was working in his life. Family was good, marriage was good, finances good, everything good. And then it then he had this incredibly difficult time. And his story actually becomes so difficult. In a very short amount of time, we know that he was stripped of everything without warning. He lost his children and his faith was severely tested. His story is so painful that his name has been linked with suffering itself. You might have heard like to have a Job-like season is to suggest that the worst of suffering is upon you. His story involves complete financial ruin, grief beyond description, physical pain with boils that couldn't seem to be healed. talks about him taking broken shards of pottery and scraping the boils on him, and a spiritual pain that might have been the worst of all. For Job had come to understand that even even as rain began pelting on him outside, That the God who could have prevented the suffering somehow had chosen to allow it. That the God who should have noticed his faithfulness in his mind, and indeed had noticed it, seemed like he had decided to reward him with difficulty and pain. It was a perfect storm of emotional overwhelm, physical pain, financial distress, Everything gone. And he says in Job 30, he describes it a little bit like this. And there's just picked one piece. There's much of it throughout chapter 30 and 31. But he says, this this is how he was feeling. He said, I live in terror now. My honor has been blown away in the wind and my prosperity has vanished like a cloud. And now my life seeps away. Depression haunts my day. Everybody's feeling so encouraged so far. At night, my bones are filled with pain which gnaws at me relentlessly. With a strong hand, God grabs my shirt. He grips me by the collar of my coat and he's thrown me into the mud. I'm nothing more than dust and ashes. I cry out to you, God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. You become cruel toward me. use your power to persecute me. You throw me into the whirlwind and destroy me in the storm. The storm. One word to encapsulate all that he was feeling. Some of us have felt that before. Maybe not to the extent that Job has. And we're not sure that God can handle it. Job is an incredibly raw story. Storm upon storm. The pain and challenge of dealing with the convergence of many difficult things all at the same time. And so much could go wrong that maybe with him we would shake our heads and say, when it rains, it pours. A statement that Job would have understood. Jesus, I pray that you would open our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. I pray that you would help me to hear and to deliver what you've called. Thank you that your word is quick, it's powerful, it does what you have always said it would do. It accomplishes the purpose that it's sent out to do. Amen. Storms. 2021, we endured a COVID storm last spring. Then we went into a generational heat dome how many of you remember that, where you felt like, I don't know if I can get coal right now? It was just hot, 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 hot in August, uh, particularly up if you, our people in Princeton up there. It was really, really, really hot. And then when we are done now, we're like, okay, we're going into, this, into the fall. It's going to be a little bit more rain. And then we had this thing that they've invented a new word for it, the atmospheric rivers. Princeton, we feel you. <laughs> the Pineapple Express, they used to call, call it, but it was caused a 200-year flood. In other words, something that only happens every once in 200 years, taking out roads, taking lives, damaging property, and causing massive disruption to our economy. And for some people that are uh, all throughout the province, had homes destroyed, some are still digging out. I was reading yesterday about a rancher up in... Uh, near Merritt who's like his field right now that he uses to grow hay on has about a foot of silt and rocks on it that the river delivered him. Five acres of his land is gone and the river that used to be by his house is now kind of pointing at his house. Like absolutely storms that come in and do so much. And there are storms in life and it's one thing to have one happen at a time. It's probably if I ask for a show of hands, that there have been many of us that have experienced more than one at a time. It could be the unexpected overdraft at your bank account, the denial letter for your university application, the place you really wanted to go, the division in your family, an unexpected passing of a loved one that was, there's never a good time, but sometimes it particularly hurts a son or daughter struggling with learning disabilities, a sickness that doesn't seem to be improving, relationships in struggle, financial hurricanes sweeping away all you've known, the storm of rocketing food prices, and sometimes perhaps they all come at you at once. But there are generally three kinds of storms in life. There are the storms caused by you, I have some of those storms, I've been in them. Those are the ones through bad decisions that I make, I get into trouble. Sometimes there's storm caused by others. Sometimes there's just the storms of life where they just happen. But the Apostle Peter reminds us of of how to posture ourselves. He says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering. And the word for painful there is burning, like a burning flame. Don't be surprised as though something strange, but often we are and our perspective is, is that we are surprised and we feel like it is something strange when we're going through suffering or difficult times. But here, though, before we continue, here's what a storm in your life does not mean. It does not mean that God does not love you. storm does not mean that. A storm does not mean that God is mad at you and looking to get you. A storm does not mean that he is trying to pay you back like pull the wings off a fly does not mean that God is toying with you. Sometimes the storms in our life that happen are self-made, but many times it's just storms that happen, and the Bible refers to that It's just part of life, and sometimes we're looking, why is it going on, and we want to assign blame, and we want to figure out who did what, and all that kind of stuff. But we live in a fallen world, and Jesus said, God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. In other words, sometimes life just happens and you find yourself in a storm. But what storms do is storms expose what we depend on. In BC, how much we saw how much we depended on one pipeline from Alberta that has gas in it to put into our cars and our vehicles. Remember 30 liters maximum? Because one pipeline was down. We depended on it and a storm exposed that. We saw how much Princeton depends on Highway 3, oh, and Highway 5, oh, and Highway 1. All gone. A storm not only exposes what we depend on, it exposes how well we are prepared. The dikes in Abbotsford had been warned for some time that they needed some attention. And the governments, the local government, the provincial and the federal governments were having discussions about, well, how can we do this? Who's, who's going to pay for it and all of that? Well, while they were discussing that and had been on the books for some time, the storm came. The, the, the dikes overflowed in Washington State, and all the river flowed into what used to be Sumas Lake, which I did not know that most of Abbotsford's fields used to be a lake at one time. But storms come, show how well we are prepared. They, storms show that the dikes were too low and needed a lot of work. Storms also often destroy things that are important to us. We don't know how to handle that. It could be in the natural homes, animals, vehicles, and even lives. But storms ask force us to ask questions of what do we depend on? Questions like, Are we prepared for difficulty? Am I okay with that loss? Sometimes though it's it's awful quiet, isn't it? It's, as strange as it seems, it's often that in life's difficult circumstances, in some of the most perfect storms that lead us to our most enlightening moments. In the classroom of suffering, most of us want out of that class, but it's part of life. And perhaps only there, life's most important lessons are often learned. It was certainly that way for Job. You see, Job had longed for his all his life. He just wanted to know God deeper. And you see that in he had brought offerings. It talks about him being an advocate for the poor in the courts. He was a giver. He was generous. He had a righteous heart. It says that he was blameless. And the commentaries talk about that. He was, it wasn't mean, didn't mean that he was sinless, but it meant that in his interactions with people, he was blameless. He looked out for the poor and those being oppressed. But it was only in his storm, despite all of that good stuff, in the worst kind of suffering that he met God in the deepest way. In the very storm that had devastated him, Job met God. But of course, the meeting didn't go exactly as he thought it would at first. See, God spoke directly to Job and he began to challenge Job to answer his questions. Job, you have all these questions. Let me ask you some questions. And stop asking so many of your own chapter 38 verse 1 says then the lord answered job from the where from the storm could it be that in the storm that you're in right now that god wants to speak Then the Lord answered Job from the storm. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Smarty pens? Tell me if you know so much. Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations? And who laid its cornerstone as the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? And it goes on for two chapters of God challenging Job and basically saying to him, all your explanations, all your conjectures... All your ideas of trying to figure it out and trying to explain me, you just don't get it. You need a different perspective. I created the world. I created the planets, the universe. I hold it all together with my word. You don't understand the whole picture joke. You don't know really what's going on. Your human perspective is so very limited. The Lord answered Job from the storm. storm. See, Job didn't, un, didn't stand a chance, and he couldn't stand under the withering questioning of Almighty God. His perspective was very short-sighted, it seemed. And there's a similar passage in the Gospels. We like this one because it's shorter than Job's experience, where the disciples were caught in a massive storm that threatened to swamp their boat and drown them. Massive storm again, and in Mark 4 and 38 says that Jesus was in the stern, the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. They are in a storm that's threatening to swamp their boat. These are experienced fishermen. If you've been in church before, you would have heard this story. It's been preached many times. I'm just going to pull one small thing out of it. And then it says this, Jesus is there sleeping. The disciples woke him and said to him, teachers, don't you care if we drown?" Jesus, don't you care in this storm? We have sacrificed to follow you. You said, follow you. We came, we're moving, doing what you've asked us to do. We have worked hard. Jesus, why didn't you stop us from going into this storm? Why have you allowed this difficult and painful experience in my life? Do you know what you're doing? What is going on? Don't you care? Don't you care about the fear that I'm walking in? Don't you care that I'm in trouble Don't you care about my financial situation? Don't you care about my family? Don't you care? These are people who walked with Jesus, saw him, spent time with him, and yet in a moment of a storm, our hearts get exposed. And like Job, like us, a storm comes and our perspective begins to get messed up. See, not Jesus had just come from some miraculous moments just prior to the storm. But our perspective, their perspective, was more shaped by the storm than by the power that they had seen just previously. when our perspective gets up, we immediately begin to question the goodness of God. We immediately begin to question the plan of God. We begin to question his love, and we may feel abandoned, afraid, overwhelmed, or angry. But maybe like Job, we need a new perspective of the storm. Maybe we're not seeing clearly. Put that out for you to consider. See, Genesis 50 and 20 talks about this. Joseph talking about to his brothers. Joseph had been betrayed by his brothers. And because of their betrayal, he ended up in prison. He ended up in slavery. But, but then through God's sovereign work, God elevated him out of all of that and put him into a place of ruling. But he says this to his brothers who were afraid of him. They're like, oh my gosh, you're now in charge. You're going to wipe us out. But he says, everything you intended for evil, God has turned around for good and the saving of many lives. Everything that the enemy intends for evil. What's on your everything list? Everything that the enemy intends for evil, God turns around for good and for the saving of many lives. What would be on your everything list? What would be on the list of evil that you see, that you feel? But God can turn it around. It's the perspective of a storm. It's the perspective of Scripture. First Peter 5 and 10 says, so after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, he will support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation. But a storm is happening after you have suffered a little while. He will restore, he will support, he will strengthen you and put you on or place you on a firm foundation. The storm whether caused by yourself whether caused by others, whether it's a storm of life for all three at the same time, if you're a Christ follower, it need not destroy us. We may lose, we may have setbacks. Even if we lose our lives, though, we have the promise of eternity. No matter what, we can rest in God because we have a personal God who loves us, who believes us, has not abandoned us in the storm, has created us for his good plan for us. And so what's going on then, Craig? Well, too often we only see the storm. We hear the pounding of our own heart in our bodies. We see the difficulty of the bank account. We see the pain of the loved one lost. We, there's, the, there's so much around the room. The unfairness that you might feel because of a situation you're in or, or injustice. And that's why it's important to remind ourselves of what God might be up to. God spoke to Job in the storm. You see, I'm reminded in, of Abraham, the great father of the faith who was just living life and it says that God came to him and, and said, Abraham, I'm gonna make you, this is thousands of years ago, I'm gonna make you the father of many nations. And in that moment when God asked him, or told him, I should say, Abraham had no kids and he was an old man. Then he had to wait for almost 20 more years before he saw the promise of God even begin to be fulfilled with the birth of his son Isaac. Then we have Joseph. We've already talked about him. He had a dream that he would be a ruler. God spoke to him very clearly. But he was mocked. He was ridiculed. He was sold into slavery. He was lied about by By his boss, his Potiphar's wife. He was thrown into jail. Then when he was there, he was forgotten and he waited. From the time that God spoke to him, commentators estimated he waited 15 years. Wow. We sometimes are... I don't know if you, but I put something, I think of it even last night, I put something into the microwave to heat for my dinner and I popped it off at three seconds left because I couldn't wait more. I'm so hungry. I want that piece of pizza. And Job was in a storm that seemed senseless and so much pain, so much loss. It seemed to be a waste of time and he had to wait. Like Abraham, like Joseph, like Job, we must have patience in the storm. Hebrews 6 and 12 reminds us of this. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Faith and patience. In other words, faith in what God could do and patience in his process. Don't confuse the wait for an answer from God with there being no answer from God. Wait patiently on him in the storm. He answers you when he knows the time is right to answer. And last week when we shared and if you haven't seen or listened to last week's message, please do, as Emma just shared story after story of story of God answering prayer. Sometimes people after extended seasons, sometimes he answers immediately, but we know that God hears. And the reality is is that there's often a storm between where we are at and where God is calling us to. James 1, 2 to 4 alludes to this one. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind, say any kind. So whatever's on your list of troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Hallelujah. For you know that your faith is tested. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is developed, fully developed, you will be perfect and complete. That word perfect is mature, like the idea of a fruit that's ready, it's been ripened, and it's ready to be eaten. Mature and complete, needing nothing. As we go through a storm, nothing is wasted in God. The dealings of God, God is God all by himself, and he knows what he's doing in your life. He's preparing you in ways that you're unaware of, maybe. He's getting you ready for what you can't see right now when the swirl is all around. The storm does not mean the end of you. It could actually be the beginning of the beginning, something new and fresh that God has for you. God is developing us. He's maturing us. He's completing us so at the end of it all, we can be fully mature, needing nothing. And it's important to remind ourselves that our situation is not our destination what you're going through is not who you are what you're going through does not define you but our situation is not our destination because God is in the middle of the situation and he has something he's processing us through God speaks to us in the storm and we know what Romans eight twenty eight says and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose and we know I was thinking of that word I think often I'll speak for myself sometimes I will insert and we hope I think sure sure. hope you are the scripture reminds us same as Job experienced. And we know. We know. And and it's so important that we remind ourselves of seasons where we've seen God move so that in seasons where we're wondering if he's moving, in a storm season, that we know, we know, we know that in All things. God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And we know, not we hope, not we think, not we anticipate, we know that word carries the meaning of we have experienced it. We know by experience that in most things, in all things, not just for somebody else, Not just for your grandma, not just for that person who seems to have it all together, but in all things in the middle of the storm, in the middle of when the the convergence of things coming from different ways, in the middle of a nation right now that is in all kinds of upheaval, in the middle of of a spiritual climate that needs a move of God, that in all things, God is at work, working for the good of those who love him, working for those who have been called, working in ways that you see, working in ways that we don't see, working when we feel it, working in the nighttime when you can't sleep and he's awake, and he's working on your behalf, working on your young people, working on your sons and daughters, working for the salvation of a city, working for the people of God to return to him. God is at work in all things. Not most, not some, not not a little bit, but in all things, God is at work for the good of those who love him and who have been called by him. In all things. God is at work in you and God is at work for you. Don't mistake what you're going through for where God is taking you to. God is working in the midst of the storm. God is speaking to you in the midst of the storm. God's eye is on you. God is not forgotten. God is not abandoned. God is not busy with somebody else's more pressing problems. He is the God of the storm. He's the God of the calm. He's the God on the mountain. He's the God in the valley. He's the God when it's flowing. He's the God when it's in desert time. He's the God when everything is working together. He's the God when you can't see the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the one who holds the the planets together by his very word. He's the one whose word sets people at liberty. He's the one who heals. He's the one who still moves. He's the one who still does what he does. In all things, God is at work in you, and God is at work for you. The ultimate end of the story, though, is quite incredible. And we see the ultimate purpose of our storm, of Job's storm, where Job saw God in his storm. He heard God in his storm. Worship team, you can begin to get ready to come. Job 42 says, then Job replied to the Lord. This is after God had a conversation with him. Then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. So, when God is working in you, when God is working for you, you can proclaim the same thing over what your storm. God, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked, Who is this who questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. Anybody else want to put their hand up with Job? I'll put mine up. Questioning God and his plans and his purpose and his timing and his, well, the storm and why and all that. It is I. And I was talking about things I know nothing about. Things too far, too wonderful for me. You said, listen, and I will speak. I have some questions for you and you must answer them. And then he says this, I had only heard about you before. But now, after that storm, I have seen you. With my eyes. In other words, I heard other people talk about you. I heard about you at church. or I heard you uh, through a, a preacher on TV. Or I heard about you from somebody else's testimony. But now, I've seen. I know. I've experienced who you are. See, Job saw God in his storm. Seeing God, not necessarily with his literal eye, but in a way he literally real at the same time, he gave Job what he so wanted, to know what God was, that God was with him in his crisis. The wonderful presence of God had humbled him. One commentator says, We should not assume that what Job knew of God was necessarily false, yet each fresh and deeper revelation of God was, had a brightness that makes previous experiences seem pale. What he had just experienced was so real, so profound, that all his previous experiences seemed almost unreal, from glory to glory. On the ever upward, knowing God deeper, knowing Him, who He is, His presence, His plan. When Job told the Lord, my eye sees you, He was referring to a moment where he had a personal revelation of God. No longer was he relying on what others said or what he had read about. He had a life-changing encounter with God. Chuck Swindoll says it this way. The Almighty God quieted Job decisively when he finally thundered down his own perspective on the situation. Perspective. God did not answer Job's question of why. instead overwhelmed job and his friends with the truth of his majesty and his sovereignty job came away with a deeper sense of god's power and splendor trusting him more i had only heard about you before but now i've seen you with my own eyes i take back everything that i said and i sit in dust and ashes to show you my repentance it's another, I don't have the verse right in front of me, but Job said, Though you slay me, yet will I serve you. Though I don't understand, I'll serve you. Though I can't figure my way out, yet will I serve you. And then God spoke to Job in the storm. How ironic. It was a perfect storm the worst time of Job's life that brought him to the place where he was finally able, in his words, to see God. No longer had he simply heard of God, no longer did he know about God, now Job knew God. In the storm, we learn to trust God in a whole new and fresh way. We see Jesus for who he really is, we see his character, we see his faithfulness. In the storm, we see Jesus in his goodness, In the storm, we see his love and his majesty. In the storm, we see Jesus as the one who loves us in every season. In the storm, we see Jesus as the one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine. God's got you. God's got us. He's not bothered by the storm. I beg you to stand here with your feet, and just want to ask this question for all of us in the room, but also for those online. Just to bow your head for a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, where do I need a perspective change? He said, "It's in the quietness of your own heart." Really do it, Lord. Where do I need a perspective change? perspective of you needs to shift that you're good. Surrender off to you, Lord. Stay in that moment, and while I pray and close this part of the service, but we'll, when I'm done praying, we'll turn it over to the posho. But we'll stay here in the room, dear Jesus. Like Job, there are times when we don't understand. We don't. We want to know why. We want to sort it out. We want to figure it out. We want to find out who's to blame. We the questions. But Lord, in the midst of all of our situations, that we just we just come to you. And Lord, we want to see you, we want to know you. We don't we don't want to just be people who hear about you with secondhand information and secondhand knowledge. But Lord, I pray that we be people that hunger for a personal encounter with you. Lord, I I know that many of us in in the room, Lord Jesus, we acknowledge our absolute desperate need for you. We align ourselves with what you said, Jesus. Without you, we can do nothing. So we ask, Lord, for a deeper encounter with Jesus. We ask for a a deeper revelation of who you are. We ask, Lord, that you would give us endurance, as James said. We ask that you help us to keep the perspective of, of Genesis 50, that in all things you're working together for our good and turning things around. In Romans 8 and 28, that you cause all things, Lord Jesus, to work together for our good. We love you. We need you desperately. Jesus' name, amen. Go to the post-show, but we're going to end the room. Just spend a little bit of time.
0: Come on, what a great reminder that in in all things, I don't know about you, Luke, but oftentimes I sit and I hear all things and immediately my mind begins to take things that don't fit, things I don't like. I remember when we went through a miscarriage the last time that I was like, that, surely that can't like, that can't be part of that. What a great reminder, like, like Job, to in the midst of those worst situations we'd rather not have, to continue to remind ourselves what's true about God, not just what's true about our situation, what's true about God, that we might be able to say, Lord, I, I heard about you before. Man, I've seen you now. Family, I wanna encourage you, whatever you're going through that it can be part of all things. It can be part of something that God is still working and still moving. Don't don't quit right before that moment, that thing that God might have for you in the midst of the storm. What a great, great reminder
1: this morning. Absolutely, absolutely. And don't confuse the wait for an answer from God with there being no answer from God. And I mean, it's just, I think we all can get caught in that trap so easily. Yeah. Family,
0: thanks so much for being with us. Just want a reminder uh, for those online, we've got a few ways uh, to give. Uh, One of the ways we worship is generosity. And you can go to horizonfam.ca and giving. There's a button there for a couple different options. Yeah, we just love you guys so much. Princeton, we can't wait till we get to be back in the building with you. Looking forward to those days. But love you guys this week. Have a great week. And remember, whatever you're going through, uh, Jesus is there for you in all things. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.